0: The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling With The Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling With The Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature, or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas Desert and Energy Industry, who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble, because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. My guest today is a minister
1: of the gospel for Disciples Pathway Ministries, a sister program here at the radio station. His always impeccably dressed mother, Robbie Lilly, leads that program, which states as its purpose to empower, enlighten, encourage, and equip new believers to be bold in their witness for Christ. Dion Lilly, thank you so much for
2: coming on the show, and welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thank you for having me, sir. It's an honor, it's a privilege, and it's a pleasure to be here, and I just thank you for even having me and considering me in. Yes, sir. No, man, we've been together uh, doing a program on
1: your mom's show, and so I I needed to reciprocate. I'm long overdue, so why don't you... uh, Tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, just so they can get to know you a bit before we get underway.
2: Well, um, I'm a Houston native, uh, born and raised here in Houston. Uh, I've always make the running joke that I've literally went to school on the southwest side of Houston from pre-K to college because uh I graduated from Houston Baptist University mm-hmm. on the uh southwest side yeah. of, of town so you know I've spent you know most of my life out here have been able to travel you know about in, in other places but you know this is this is home based for me so you know uh but again I, uh dr uh Graduated from Houston Baptist with a uh, bachelor's degree of science in uh, kinesiology. I am now uh, a personal and performance trainer where I work with uh, the general public, but uh, mostly with athletes and things like that. You know, uh, building them up. You know, um, just doing, just doing things, just doing things that I've done over my lifetime and playing football and things of that nature. Just taking all that. That process has been for me and just giving it back to, to the youth and to those who come into my spirit of influence. And this has allowed me uh, a ministry platform as well. Uh, when I first started training, I thought that, you know, OK, I'm I'm going to give it a shot. I actually didn't want to be a trainer, but I just thought, hey, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, I got an opportunity at a at a local commercial gym out here. And it turned out after the first few clients that people actually liked me. So I was like, okay, well, there's something here. And then when I started to realize that people come in for more than just, you know, uh, uh, weight loss or something. You know, they they they'll come in to say, hey, I just want shed a few pounds or whatever but i started to realize that it's not necessarily the weight on the scale that they're carrying it's the it's the past traumas it's the childhood abandonments it's the fear the anxieties the depression and things that they're carrying i was like oh god whoa this (laughs) is total fitness yeah yeah spirit mind body right so i like to say just what you said so i like to train from the inside out awesome
1: and then you've got a new child on the way, right? Oh, so yes. Got,
2: yes, yes. So, uh, never a dull moment at the house. Um, <laughs> uh, my my beautiful wife of uh, three years now, my daughter is three years old, son one years old, soon turning two, and we do uh, soon here in June. So, uh, full house, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Exciting times. Yeah.
1: Well, so what does the Lord put on your heart to share with us today?
2: Well, um I just genuinely asked the Lord. There's no <laughs> story behind uh what's come here, but I just genuinely asked him, uh what is it that you need me to uh share on Mr. Savage's show? And he directed me to Acts uh chapter eight. Okay. And so I'll uh read here, uh starting at verse twenty-six. Lord, bless us in the reading of your word. May you give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord, said to him, Go south, down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he did, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, And he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside, beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I when there is no one to instruct me? And he begged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of the scripture he had been reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb and silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34, The eunuch asked Philip, was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? So Philip began with this same scripture and then used many others to tell him the good news about Jesus. And I'll pause there at verse 35. and so when I was reading this, this uh, verse of scripture, God gave utterance and, and, and through me and said, "Talk to them about me being the God of the affluent." I am the God of the affluent. And so we find this eunuch in a a conundrum. We find him in confusion here because he is an affluent man struggling to understand how can a king, King Jesus we're speaking of, be treated in this matter? How can he be afflicted in this way? how can such injustice be handed to him when he's a king and justice is supposed to be in his hand mm-hmm. so i i just want to put myself and the listener's minds in the mind of this eunuch man to to just kind of understand why he is confused and so i'm a big studier of words etymology mm-hmm. uh one of my and the reason for that one of my uh one of my I don't want to call it a favorite movie, but I can withstand it because I'm not really a horror films guy. But if you remember World War Z,
1: no, I don't.
2: So it was a it was a a, a movie about a zombie apocalypse. It was another. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the only reason I can really sit through this movie is because <laughs> I've sat through this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I can kind of know I kind of know what's gonna happen, who's gonna right. pop out. But they were on a plane and they had a doctor, uh, and he was a virologist, and. He said something that was so profound to me. He said, if you want to know, if you want to know the root to any virus, you have to go back to the origin. You have to go back to where it started. And so I was like, wow, if you want to know the root to sin, you got to go back to where it started. And so I spent a lot of my study time in the book of Genesis chapters one, two and three. You know, from the fall of man, because Mm -hmm. that tells us a lot about where we're at in society and where we need to get back to, you know, because God is always ushering us back to that place where he originated us, Mm -hmm. you know. So I, I looked at the word affluent, and this word simply means having an abundance of wealth, property, or material goods, all right, abounding in anything, the actual word affluent uh means to and flu means flow it was just an exchange of the vowel from the u to the o a uh, flow so he's used to being from a place of flow however affluence all oftentimes seeps beneath the surface it comes underneath the surface of our skin we when we get out, when we find ourselves in these these promoted places and these positions of of authority and things like that we can become affluent in our pride
1: mm-hmm.
2: because we become affluent in our influence and then we be, we become affluent in our arrogance mm-hmm. all right so now here lies this man struggling with how can such affluent be afflicted that's why When he was reading, which as it was customary to read aloud, and Philip was like, hold on, I hear the word of God going forth. And Mm so in other versions of the Bible, it said he ran to the chariot. Right when he's when he, when he was reading the prophet isaiah that said he was led as a sheep to slaughter and a lamb before the shears is silent so he opened not his mouth and his humiliation his justice was being taken away and who the who can declare it to his to who can declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth this man was a treasurer this eunuch was of the queen of ethiopia so he understood riches he understood royalty He understood the hierarchy of a monarchy. So how can King Jesus be in this position? How can King Jesus be in this position? So a great part of his being confounded and being confused is because his system was challenged. All that he knew was challenged. All that he understood up to that point was challenged he understood again the system of a monarchy, so when our systems are challenged, now hold on there's a glitch there's something there's something that's not flowing, there's a connection to this circuit that I'm used to that's not being made there's a power outage somewhere. our system is challenged here, and so when he when he's when he's visited by Philip. He he, he in, 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 in his visitation as he's leaving the place where he came down to worship, because I well another interesting thing about this, and this is a whole another message is that you know the treasurer from Ethiopia was sent to worship the God of Israel, so you know this was actually a, an action of the tithe. you know I must send the money to go worship oh, yeah. the God yeah. of Israel. So that's a whole another message. But in his visitation, the eunuch, he had to have heard the event of Christ's coming. For unto us, a, a, a child is born. And he had to heard the event of Christ's departure, as he's just reading about it in in Isaiah. And so he had to hear about the event that resulted in Christ's, de- in Christ's departure on the day of Pentecost. This being the book of Acts, right, and the word that happened from Pentecost went out a- across the world. Now it was it was a it was a, a, a world changing event. Sure. So he was in this in this environment where he heard all these things. So how can a so called king be handed such injustice when justice was supposed to be in his hand? And so Philip. Philip comes to him to tell him what Isaiah was speaking about. He, the eunuch is saying hey, he, he has to be talking about himself or somebody else because he can't be talking about a king. Again, I was born in a monarchy. I lived in a monarchy, and I hail from a, mon- a monarchy. So, Mr. Savage, many of us lack understanding of the one true living God simply due to our systems being in place. We get in this way of being, we get in this way of doing, this way has rendered me so much success, this way has brought me out of places, this way has saved my career there, this place has done this. And and we develop these systems until Jesus comes in and disrupts our systems. And that disruption is very uncomfortable. That disruption it d- puts us in a in a in a conundrum and confused confused places. Those that that system disruption puts us in lonely places. I I, I always talk to the lonely places because I've I again you know being being a trainer and all you know I have the opportunity to minister a lot and I I train a lot of singles and they always talk about that lonely place mm-hmm. and I tell them this: How can you experience Emmanuel? If you are always communed around by other people, he says that my name is Emmanuel, God with you, as in this is my promise. I will be with you. But if we got God and the community of, of this over here and this relationship over there and that fellowship over there all the time, we'll get mixed up. Emmanuel in the crowd of everybody else, and we'll never see him for who he is. So oftentimes, like this eunuch man, you're placed in a, in, a, in a place where you have to experience him. We try to avoid this place. We try to fill this place in, social media and all types of things, you know, busyness and things. But we have to experience Emmanuel.
1: Let me ask you a question uh, as, a, as a soon-to-be father of three. So the eunuch can't father, children. And in right. the scripture, it says, and no one will know his children. And do you think that he was relating with that as being like a real sadness on his heart? And like, here we have the king, the king of Jews, Christ, you know, and he wasn't, he wasn't sure because he didn't know, he couldn't understand, you know, what he right. was reading. He needed some help. Right. And that's really what actually we're all wrestling with is was trying to understand. And there's things that we don't understand. And I think that the point that really hit me in this whole lesson was that we need someone else. We yes. need the Holy Spirit, yes. the, the Paraclete, the wonderful counselor, you yes. know, to uh, access that wisdom. Yes. And it might come through another person, like yes. in Philip
2: in this case. Yes. So, yeah, go on. So, yes, God will send people along the way. But just at the end of this chapter, Philip was gone. Right. <laughs> that. He, really peculiar, unusual, that he was taken away. Right, yeah. t- taken away, almost somewhat semi-raptured, right. you know, away right. into another place. And now he's back alone again, but he he's back alone with a new perspective. Right. You know, he's back alone with a new understanding. He's back alone having been counseled and experienced a visitation from the Spirit of God moving through Philip. And so, you know, if Jesus is going to usher in change to our lives, our systems must cease. They have to come to a stopping point. They have to come to a point of consideration because if you, if, you, if, if you have an understanding of what Jesus taught and was trying to convey in different places, you will understand that a system was already put in place by Jesus. When he says, I am the vine and ye are the branches, uh, branches are connected to a greater stem. Alright. So when he says, I am divine and my father is divine dresser, God had already put in place a STEM or a system for us to connect to and network to. And so our systems don't always have to cease to exist, but they are, they have to come to a stopping point to make sure that we're networked into the greater system that being the kingdom of God that has come. So Sometimes that system may have to be reworked. Maybe that system needs a new perspective or that system altogether needs to be abandoned. And so we have to find ourselves in the system, into the stem of who Jesus Christ is, being the root of David. This is why he's referred to as a great stem, because God wants us hooked into the system of the kingdom of heaven, even being here on earth, so that his will be done on earth, indeed, as it is in heaven. Kingdoms come to take over territory and expand. So every man that God gets gets into and his heart gets into, i seen a crazy statistic that said 90% of the male incarcerated population has proclaimed to grow up without a father in the home. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that one man can change the home. Right. And maybe that home, the neighborhood... Maybe that neighborhood, the city, maybe that city, the state, maybe that state, the nation, and maybe that nation, the world. One man. Because the Bible says, through one man, all fail. And through another man, here's the opportunity of salvation. One man. And so we have to put our systems aside and allow God to come in. Let's see where Philip stops his reading. Again, he stopped he's he stopped where it says that Jesus was going through this affliction. And, but, you know, at to this point he had read verses one through one through five, which reads, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground he has No form of comeliness. And when he, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and equated with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely we, he has come and borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. He's struggling here. To understand how can such a king, how can such a king, how can such a man be of of affluence be so afflicted? How can such a man of affluence be so afflicted? Though Jesus is gone at this point out of the sight of man. He's gone out of the sight of man at this time. God still had an appointed time for this man. To see the Lord Jesus. That's why—that's mind-blowing in itself. He—there's—it's uh, already understood that he is gone. He's reading that Jesus is dying, that he, he's dead. Right. <laughs> the, the, the word has already went out. He dead. This man dead. Right. But the word has also went out that he's risen. And so he's struggling to understand the the notion of who, who is this Jesus? Who is this man? Again, who is this man that has come seemingly for me? Who am I for him to consider to die for, to hang for? That's what I love about the Bible. It doesn't necessarily talk about the characteristics, the physical makeup of Jesus Christ. And even when it does talk about the physical makeup of Jesus Christ, it's not talking about he was dark skin or he was lighter skinned or he was this and that or whatever the things that we get caught up in mm-hmm. by nature of our human flesh. But when the Bible describes Christ, it wants us to remember that his hands were pierced, that he was lashed, that he was cursed. That he was spat on, that he carried a 300 pound cross up the Via Della Rosa in shame, up to the place of skulls to hang as a public spectacle. Eli, Eli, Lima, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God wants us to recall this. This is my bread. This, is the, this bread represents my body. Broken for you, this wine, it's my blood. Drink it. Remember this. See this. I am God of the affluent. And if I didn't spare my son, if my son had to undergo it, if my son had to come to Gethsemane, the place of the press, how much more do you need to? We need to stop avoiding this place. I want you to acknowledge where the eunuch was. He was in a dry place. And he was just reading in, in Isaiah. Where is Jesus going to be seen? Where is he going to be seen? As a root out of dry ground. So this eunuch was in the perfect place to see the perfect God. He was in the perfect place to see the king. A dry place. A desert place. A lonely place. God wants us to show he wants, he, he's the God of revelation. He wants to show us who he truly is. How can I show you that I'm Jireh if you are, if you always got provision? How can I show you that I'm uh, Shalom if you're always looking for other places of peace? How can I show you that I am El Roi, the God who sees when you're always looking for other people's attention? How can I show you that I'm Jehovah Sabaoth if you're always trying to be so slick and, and, and trying to figure out how to get your way out of your own battles. How can I show you that I'm this? How can I show you that I'm a root out of a dry place? let I bring you into a dry place to water you. That's
1: right. He's going to put us in dry places. He's doing that right now. In fact, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, here's my jacket. You know, I'm on the board of directors of the Brazos River Authority. And last week I was at a conference in Austin called Water for Texas. And there is a drought going on right now in Texas. It's raining here, but most of the state is dry. Most of the Western United States is dry. Wow! And it's funny that water, water is essential for all life. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, where you live, how affluent you are, how poor you are. We all have to have water to sustain life. And we need living water to sustain our spiritual life. Yeah. And it's just funny that he'll put us in these droughts. And I, I kind of feel one coming on, Dion, I don't know about you, but right. I think our nation is under some judgment. Right. Right? And and so we're heading to a dry place, and it's just where are we going to go for the water or our
2: living water? And as they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Hey, hey, look, there's a place of flow. I know that place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I Okay, now we're back in familiar territory. Here's a place of flow. But now he's in that place of flow with a new perspective. And so even... As we approach that dry place, Mr. Savage, we have to know that there's something on the other side of it. There's something on the other side of the process, I always tell my clients. There's something that you're getting out of this, but you can only get out of this the way through this. Mm -hmm. So we must come through these dry places. However, God has provision. God is Jira, indeed. He longs to show us who he is. The dry places, even though they render their judgment, they also render their verdict. And there's going to be an overall consensus that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. That's right.
1: Amen. And what a wonderful lesson and uh, just to remind us uh, of our need for that living water and, and that we need other people especially to help us understand, because we can't learn it on our own. We need yes, that sir. Holy Spirit and the counselor. So I just want to mention my uh, my sponsor, Prism Specialties. They're in the restoration business, too. And I uh, just want to thank them for sponsoring the program. And God bless you and thank you for coming on.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man.
0: Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. We believe the winners in this ring courageously follow God's word, love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work, betters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as wrestling with the inner man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.